Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 195 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam, and I'm joined by my good friend Dave. What's up, man? Oh, what's up? We're moving into a new house this week. So that's, that's what's up. Yeah, right. we're very excited about that. Are you going to name your house something super cool? Like, like, an old, <laughs> no. like, like an old British house? <laughs> Uh, I doubt it. What color is your house? <laughs> uh, it's like grays. Oh, Johnson County mud. No, no, it's like, uh, it's gray and then some like dark gray trim. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of something to go with that and I'm striking out. <laughs> you could call it like the. I don't know. Smokehouse. Kansas City barbecue. <laughs> Smokehouse. Yeah. See, I'm striking out, man. It's bad. Anyways. Well, that's exciting. New house. Yeah. I'd totally help you move if I didn't live so very far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, we're doing we're doing movers for the big stuff. And I think the house is maybe two miles from our apartment. And so. Oh, nice. Not far at all. I think there's an element of like (laughs) that first night we'll truly we'll move all of our clothing in the bathroom and the bedroom and get that set up. And so, um, yeah, we'll take our time and make the move over the month of December. Well, we'll want to be there by the by Christmas. So. Over the next few weeks. Nice. It's nice that you have the the flexibility to kind of take it at your own pace. Yes. Is- yep. Well, and here's the best part. They mow the lawns. We have an HOA that takes care of the lawn and anything uh, at any more than two inches of snow. Seriously? Seriously. Dave, so you didn't tell me you were like moving into like a <laughs> well, neighborhood. And it's um it's not so much swanky as it is old. Uh I've discovered that two of the officers that I work with have parents who live in this subdivision. <laughs> so I think it's that uh, we've joined. I mean, me. I know you're retired and everything, Dave. But <laughs> come on, pump the brakes on that stuff a little bit. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting rid of the lawnmower and all that kind of fun stuff. Man, not having to mow the lawn—that's glorious. It, it, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I'm jealous. Good for you, especially when it's that whole like I know I need to get it done. So. Um, and then, um, like you said, being retired and actually working at a school now, I'm really hoping to take some longer trips with Wilby next summer. And so, um, do some camping and venture out a little bit. So not having to worry about the lawn while I'm gone would be, will be beneficial. Definitely. <laughs> So yeah, anything new and exciting with you? Oh yeah, I mean lots of new. <laughs> I don't know if any of it's 
exciting pertinent for the show <laughs> yeah uh, i guess that's a better way to put it <laughs> yeah i mean chaos at work unexpected chaos at work but i really can't go into details here um but i still have a job so that's that's the moral of that story. that's a good thing yeah chaos at work lots and lots of change i still have a job so amen hallelujah thank you jesus <laughs> um yeah, it's so yeah, anyways. Um there's a lot more we could talk about, but it's like time sensitive and by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably already be Christmas. So it's not necessarily <laughs> good to talk about, you know, Fair enough. the college football games happening in a couple days. <laughs> Cause by the time this episode comes out, it'll be it'll be a couple cycles old on the uh we'll have a national champion. Uh, Oh, well, Not that's, that far out. you know, Dave, <laughs> it could be, that's a bet we could make. Do I get this one out before the national championship or not? We shall see. All right. Um, oh, one thing I did want to mention that is not time sensitive. Uh, evergreen as the content creators say, as I got a new book, it's called, do you believe by Paul David Tripp? Hmm. 12 historic doctrines to change your everyday life. And so what I what I like about this book thus far is that it's not like there are books on doctrine, right? And it's just this is what the doctrine is, this is where we find it in scripture, this is you know how we've developed it, this is what why we believe it, this is, you know, and they stop there. It's all academic. And so this book has a chapter for each doctrine to explain it. But then it has a follow-up chapter that talks about what that doctrine looks like every day, when you're at work, when you're at your kid's soccer mm-hmm. game, like that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's taking the, the typical academic approach and applying that, but then saying, okay, great. Now, what about when I have to deal with John at work or whatever the case is, right? So it's, it's placing equal value on understanding where the doctrine comes from, why we believe it, how it's supported in scripture. But then, like I said, placing equal value on what that looks like in everyday life. How can I take the doctrine of, um, let's just pick one real quick from the list. Dun, 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 dun. Chapter chapter uh, five, the doctrine of the holiness of God. And then chapter six is God's holiness in everyday life. So like, how does the fact that God is holy, what does that mean? What does that look like? Why is it important? And then also, how does that affect my Wednesday afternoon? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to, to dig into that. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes uh, in case you want to uh, check it out. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons, well, not one of, probably the main reason I bought that outside of just my own curiosity is um, at the church, I'm no longer the youth pastor. I told you this, right? Like a while yeah. ago. Okay. I just, oh, yeah, yeah. I had, the, I just like had the, the terrifying, like, oh my gosh, did I not tell Dave this? <laughs> it's been like two months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am now the discipleship pastor. 
and oh, nice. um, I get to lead or co-lead the Sunday night um, Bible study that we do at our church. Um, but one of the other areas that I'm really looking to to work in and, and to sort of create at our church is creating um, courses and videos and that sort of stuff for our congregation to learn outside of the church context on their own time stuff like basic doctrine, what we believe and why we believe it and how it matters to you on a normal basis. Right. So like I, I have a couple ideas of what I want to do. And so this book to me is going to be a great resource in seeing somebody else explain doctrine and applicability. And I'm hoping that will um, give me some, some mojo as it were to try and apply a similar, um, rubric to what I want to do for the people at our church. Um, so that's why I got it. I'm excited to read it and hopefully it will, um, spur me on to, to make some, some useful <laughs> and beneficial stuff, um, for the folks in our body. But that's that. Cool. So if the book sucks, I'll let you know, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be real good. <laughs> All right, uh, we are, uh, we're still in Hebrews 11, sir. We are. And we're going to read a big chunk today. But that's okay, because we're not afraid of word count, Dave. No. So we're going to, what, start in 17, and then read through, how far are we going? 31. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offering, offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeing pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given, she had given a friendly welcome to the spies." 
right. Well, I already know what the title of this episode is going to be. <laughs> Any guesses, Dave? Um, no. By faith. <laughs> you mentioned it a few times. All right. So, I mean, I say that jokingly, but that's clearly the theme here, right? We're, you know, fresh off the heels of what we talked about last time, which was other people showing faith. And here we are again with a whole nother list of people, right? So we've got Abraham, we've got uh, Isaac, Jacob and Esau, Joseph, Moses, and then uh, even here at the end, right? We got Rahab, people around Jericho. Like this takes us literally. This takes us from Abraham, right? So mm-hmm. the covenant with Abraham, the very beginning, all the way to when the Israelites show up at the promised land and Rahab hides the spies. I mean, that is the full history mm-hmm. of the people of Israel from the Abrahamic covenant until right when they get on the precipice of, of taking the promised land. Like he just covered the Pentateuch (laughs) in what? 15 verses. Yeah. But again, this, this theme that we, that we started talking about last week and, and now is this by faith. And I appreciate when authors, speakers, um, like have a point and they just kind of like they hit it and they hit it and they hit it and they hit it and they hit it again. Like we know what he's saying. The important thing about all of these people mentioned is not what they accomplished of their own strength or their own will or their own ter- determination or their own luck. What is what is significant about these people in the history of, of redemption is the fact that they had faith and that they acted on their faith. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the key point, right? Otherwise he wouldn't say by faith the 13 times he says it here or whatever it is. And so I guess I'm, I'm curious what you think about, about that and, and, and perhaps why, you know, you think the author is, is so um, concerned with or why they choose to highlight the faith of these people over, say, what God was able to accomplish, right? Because there's some crazy stories in here where God mm-hmm. does some pretty gnarly stuff, but the author doesn't focus on that. He focuses on the faith of the people. And so I'm, I guess I'm just curious what you think. Because I talk way too much, Dave, and I would love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> uh, I don't think you talk too much. Um, so these are all people that most of us, well, if you grew up in the church, you know these these names. Uh, there's some people like Moses, who I think majority of the world knows who Moses is and uh, can tie him to the Ten Commandments. So here, these are people of of faith and So one of the things that it reminds me is, you know, I think sometimes when we read the Bible, uh, we can have a tendency to read these stories like they're everyday stories. Mm -hmm. Like this is just, this is how it happened for people in the Bible. And 
I don't think at any point should we feel like, oh, these are normal. Uh, <laughs> there, there's an, there's there's definitely an element of our Bible stories are highlight reels. Like these are the people that are being upheld as having a significant role in the kingdom of God and in his story. Um, and so we know them because they had a significant <laughs> relationship with God, a significant uh, event in their life that, that moved the forward, the story forward. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it comes down to then, uh, that, that God has a relationship with his creation. Um, and in order for him to have a relationship with his creation, uh, people, um, have to play a part and there's kind of a, uh, a give and take, uh, so to say, so to speak. And, um, as we have mentioned many times, uh, pretty much every one of these people, um, has some significant flaw, has something that, you know, we might even go so far to say, this is a person that we're upholding as a person of faith. Well, they kind of did this too. You know, you, you can't forget about that. Yeah. So I, my feeling in it is, um, God, our God is a God of relationship. Um, you know, that wasn't something new that just happened when Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, sometimes I think we overemphasize that whole having a personal relationship with Jesus and like it was never possible to have a relationship with God before that, because uh, clearly people did. Yeah. Um, and again, I, you know, I think the other thing, too, in this is um we've talked about, you know, the gospel, uh, gospel by sin management, you know, we're so worried about I'm doing the right things. I don't do the right things. And this in particular, I think, um, we get to see each individual's sort of full, uh, story arc. You know, this is, this is when it came down to it. It's not a tally of their good deeds were greater than their bad deeds. It's, no, the consistency of their arc, the consistency of their story was they were somebody of faith. They believed God when he said he was going to do something. They believed, they trusted him. And so uh, I think that's what's implicit in, in, in faith is they believed and then ultimately their actions and who they were through the, throughout the, the, the arc of their story uh, they were people that continued to be in relationship with God and continued to um, believe him when he did things or told them things. Um, and then I don't want to totally go down this rabbit trail just yet, but the other thing that stands out to me is these are all very different examples of by faith. Yeah. So... See, this what are is your why, thoughts? Well, I should. This is why I should shut up more. You've got very good, good, good uh, stuff to share. I, I think the thing that stood out to me the most, like I agreed with everything you said, but the thing that really landed with me is like this idea that all of these people had glaring flaws or just moments where they made the very wrong choice, mm. right? And, you know, yep. you, you think about all of the pastors over the last 10 years that have made very bad choices and have been absolutely obliterated from, by the culture. They can't, they're not a church that would hire them. 
like they have been, you know, if you want to use the term canceled to, to, you know, be <laughs> moderate, like whatever, but like, you know, like people that have just, they have fallen from grace and like, we expect, we hold these, these fallible, sinful people to <laughs> these standards that no one apart from Jesus can, can, can hold. And I'm not saying that what they did was okay by any means. No, they did wrong things. But my point is, I want to be very careful about how I say what I'm about to say. They screwed up. But this is kind of like when when Jesus is there and says, anyone who hasn't sinned, throw the first stone. We are so we are so ready to hold these people on a pedestal. And then the second that they mess up, we are so ready to throw them in the trash and bury them. And yet here we're presented with all of these people in the Bible. Abraham had not even an affair because his wife was okay with it's still an affair because it was extramarital sex, but his wife condoned it and said, go have sex with my helper and make us a kid. Even though God said he was going to give us one, I'm okay with you doing this. And he said, yes, which that just tells you men like just in a nutshell (laughs) right there. Right. Then you've got Jacob and Esau and the fight over the birthright and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Joseph, what did Joseph do? That was bad. So not much, what I've always, not much. So this is where I always say Daniel and Joseph are kind of my two, uh, you know, shining examples in there. I, you know, m- my only thing with Joseph is, um, what trolling his brothers, putting the, the hidden thing in the, in the pouch. So, uh, so, so there was a, there's a degree of ego with Joseph, even from oh. the beginning. No, yeah. no, don't get me wrong. God gives you a vision of your parents and your brothers all bowing down to you. Um, and then, and then like, even, you know, when he was um, Pharaoh's right hand man and messing with his brothers, it just seemed like, Oh yeah. He was trolling them so hard. It's so good. There's, there's a bit of an ego there with him uh-huh. and, but but he's a little the, brother. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was the baby. He's like, he was doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He's pissing everybody off. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm always like, I, you know, um, Daniel's my number one and Joseph's number two. And, um, yeah. Well, and so then anyway. we, we get into Moses, right. And, and the hitting the rock and being angry and killing the guy and fleeing. So there's that. Uh, and then what do we got left down here? Yada, 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 the Red Sea, blah, blah, blah. And Rahab, the prostitute. Don't need to say much more there. Like, yeah. And, and even what she's being praised for was she told a lie. Uh huh. And, and so I guess what, what I want to make clear here, and if I repeat myself, you'll, you'll have to forgive me because I want to make sure I'm not saying that we're, we're not glorifying the sins of these people. What we're saying is, is that faith in God and God's goodness is enough to overcome their sin, is enough to take care of it so that, and think about it this way, these sins prove that they're human, prove that they're flawed, and yet 
even though they're sinners, even though they're selfish, even though they're egotistical, even though they're whatever, right? The fact that they're able to have faith is a sign that God can work with anybody. I mean, we've got a prostitute, we've got a murderer, we've got an adulterer. Uh, you know, David's not even mentioned here, I don't think. That's a whole other issue, right? No. And, and, and so I guess what what should be encouraged, what should be encouraging to us here, and, and perhaps should uh, cause us to show grace to people in positions of, of leadership, is that everyone is a sinner. Everyone is flawed. But faith in God overcomes all of that, right? Like his, I'm not saying what I want to say right now, Dave, and I'm very frustrated with my brain. <laughs> I had a point and I totally just lost it. I'm so annoyed. I guess I guess I'm just I'm I'm just thinking if God can work through these people and people like this can be upheld for the faith that they had even in the midst of their mess ups then then perhaps we now on this end of the story can learn from the Bible and from this example to extend grace to everybody, not just like I mentioned the pastors, but like the people that sin against you on a normal day. <clears throat> They might just be having a bad day. You've had a bad day too. And I'm not saying we should let pastors get away with crimes or anything like that, right? But when there is a moral failing of a pastor, should we be surprised? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Should our first inclination be to destroy them publicly? No. 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 Nope. But do they need to be? Do there need to be consequences? Yes, but like there is a middle ground there, right? And that may mean they're not a pastor anymore, but that also doesn't mean that they have to be executed uh, publicly. You know, in a like their their character needs to be executed publicly. We're not killing people, but you get what I'm saying? Did I? Yeah. Make any sense there? <laughs> oh yeah, I, and I absolutely agree. And it's, I, I think, the sad thing is, is that's not at all what you see. I mean, we are so, <laughs> we so totally do the opposite of this. And I don't know, maybe in the moment, that's what these people experienced as well, but. Yeah. And, and that is a day. That's a, that's a home run point. We have no idea what it was like for them in the moment. Um, but like, I'm thinking of someone like, like Bill Hybels, who was held in such high regard for so long and Willow Creek this and Willow Creek that and global leadership leadership summit and then one one thing comes out and it's not a great thing at all mm -hmm. and it turns out to be there's this trend over you know right and then immediately all the good that he's done 
right? Everything is right. just like oh, yeah. it's just over, and he has no life, no pup. You know, you know, like he's just done. Everything that he said doesn't matter. The fact that Willow Creek is even still around and the Global Leadership Summit is still around is kind of a shock to me. But there's like, and you, you see that like with Mark Driscoll or Rob Bell or Perry Noble or like all of these guys, uh, Carl Lentz from the Hillsong Church in New York. That is a crazy story if you've not familiarized yourself with what happened there. <laughs> um, dude, I read a giant article on that one day in the airport. It blew my mind. Like, like men that have done really, really, really good things for the kingdom, but have also really screwed up sin wise in very different ways. Like that, that whole list I just gave you, their downfalls were all completely different. Mark Driscoll mm -hmm. being an egotistical jerk who <laughs> used church money to buy his books so they would go up higher on the, uh, the best-selling charts also being a really big jerk rob bell being a heretic <laughs> perry noble alcoholic or alcohol abuse bill hybels uh unwanted sexual advances and saying stuff to women even maybe touching or kissing some and then carl lentz that's that's a whole like that's a whole nother all of that stuff combined, essentially. <laughs> just not great. Um, and that's just like the big pastors, right, that we've heard about. But does that nullify all the good that was done by their faith and by the faith of the people on their teams and at their churches. Like I'm not saying these guys should be back in ministry, but what I am saying is that we have to have a balanced approach to this. Like, look at this. We're reading a list applauding these people for their faith and what God was able to do through them because of their faith. And they are flawed and broken mm -hmm. just like you and I, Dave. Yep. And I just, I, I guess my point in all of this it's that God is really, really good at working through broken people. Yeah. Like imagine, like, look at what he's got to work with. A bunch of numbskulls. Mm -hmm. And yet he's able to accomplish his will, his perfect, untainted, flawless, holy will through broken people. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I guess, I, yeah, I mean, like, we just, we, we have to stop. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. We have to be a lot more understanding when pastors fail. Sure. Doesn't yeah. mean, doesn't mean they get a, you know, oh, whoopsies do over, but we have to show some grace and some mercy and some forgiveness. Um, you know, like it just, I don't know. I feel like, well, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to get some hate mail for this one, but that's fine. Well, and I, I think the, the other part of it, too, though, is there needs to be some repentance and yes. there needs to be. Yes, and and I think and, and I think in that maybe sometimes you do see 
not even acknowledging some of these things, denying yes. some of these things, uh, moving to a different city to start another church, you, you know, yeah. the, uh, oh. so the, there's some of that, I think in this as well. And, you know, I, I just, I guess I just, I, I echo what you say in terms of you read the Bible from start to finish. And that is one of the consistent themes is that, human beings are a bunch of knuckleheads and God gives us chances over and over again. His grace is abundant. And even the guys that hung out with Jesus when he was in physical form on this earth (laughs) were some of the biggest ones, you know, And, 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 and even at times the way Jesus will snap back at them a little bit for what they did. I'm a little bit, Oh, that's harsh. Like (laughs) you hold a pretty high standard there for those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you, if you even really take a look at Paul and, and his writings, there's, you know, um, he's, he's certainly a lot braver um, (laughs) when it comes to writing things than when he's actually in front of people. And he, so are you saying that he was the first keyboard, uh, role? Is that what <laughs> no, you're saying, Dave? No, I'm just saying for as important as he is to the faith and the things that he did. And again, nobody can hold a candle to Paul, but he still had, you know, if you really look at who the, he was human, he, 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 he had faults and you know him and barnabas get into it and you know there's him and there's peter get into it yeah or i'm sorry him and peter get into it and barnabas is kind of caught up in the middle of all of it so mm-hmm. um so yeah so um yeah I, I think that is one of the things that is just consistent is that and i think that's kind of there's an implicity in terms of that, in terms of like what we were talking about with it being faith. Um, you know, um, there's, there's, I don't want to say a blind trust, but there is that element of, um, you know, taking God at his word and even (laughs) through all the mess ups, um, Again, the story arc that I was talking about in the long run, they, they finished well. And I think I've said before, the older I get, the more I appreciate that the people of faith that remain consistent throughout an entire lifetime, because, um, yeah, I definitely don't view the world the same way I did 40 years ago, 15 years ago. So well, I just I, I appreciate you calling out the the repentance piece. Um, that I was totally missing that. Um, so thank you for 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 covering that. And I, I just what you said there at the end too about the finishing well. Um, and I I think it's it's really easy for us to look back on the past with you know a certain color glasses on and see only the good or only the bad and forget, you know, everything in between. And then it's easy for us to sort of wish away the future. I'm like, Oh, I just can't wait till I'm 80 and can talk about Jesus the way that Dallas Willard does when he was that mm-hmm. age, you know, or J.I. Packer. And, and it's easy for us to, to dream about what could be or what should have been in, in lose sight of what is now. 
right? And so, like, I, you know, Dave, I mentioned some, I mentioned some chaos at work, and you know, I just sort of had like two days full of like existential dread of like, oh my gosh, what is life? What's going? You know, why do I? What? Why do we need jobs? And but you know, just like all of the crazy, just like dumb stuff you go through when your livelihood is at stake and you're stressed yeah. and you're just wondering like, is it even worth it? And why do I do this? And oh, this is dumb and corporations suck. And you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and, and for listeners that don't know, I am the discipleship pastor at my church, but I have a day job. So I'm a, I'm a bivocational pastor. Just FYI. I'm not talking about crap going down in church. Church life is great right now. And I'm super grateful and I feel <laughs> blessed and, and really, really like God's doing awesome stuff there. My my nine to five is it's different, um, and, and it's so easy to, and and maybe it's just because that's where I am right now. But like to be here now in in amongst the chaos and trying to navigate all of the the changing landscape, and then go oh, but one day I want to be this, and not do what I need to do today to help me get to what I want to be. Mm-hmm. And to just put it off and to put it off and to put it off like the dishes in my sink right now that I've put off for a day and a half. <laughs> right? Like uh, one day I'll be this. Well, no, one day I won't be that if today I'm not focused on what I need to focus on. And I'm not prioritizing what I need to prioritize. If I, if I'm not, if I'm not praying today and I'm not praying tomorrow and that becomes a habit, I'm not going to be where I want to be. If I get to live that long, if I'm not worshiping, if I'm not studying scripture, if I'm not being in community with brothers and sisters that can sharpen me and help me or that I like, if we're not, if I'm not doing that on a daily basis or a regular basis, that I'm not going to be where I'm going to get to 80 and look back and go, Oh, well, crap. (laughs) Yeah. And, and what, what I think what I wish terrified me more. And I mean the word terrified in all of its definitions is that we only get one shot at this and I'm 35 and I'm already going, Oh crap. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. (laughs) And I don't want to have that feeling if I make it to 80. And yet, I still do or don't do, like, I, I, I do the wrong things or I don't do the right thing. Like, I, th- that struggle is still so, I mean, just ever present. And I believe and I have faith and yet I screw up and I make and I choose, like we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, I choose to sin. And that has been something that's been rattling around in my brain since that episode. And there are literally literal times where I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm choosing to do this. Like I'll have the conversation with myself and say, yeah, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> what the crap is that about? Like, and, and I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm struggling right now with this desire to finish well, but what I need to focus on is not finishing well. What I need to focus on is doing today well. Because mm. if I do today well, and that's 
like, then that will take care of itself. And it's not about earning or achieving God's approval. Like I already have, that's done and taken care of. What, what doing today well means is living in the truth that I am redeemed. And choosing redemption over my dead old life. And those are the choices, right? Do I choose do I choose redemption and do I choose holiness and do I choose what God wants for me? Or do I choose spiritual death and what I used to want for myself that just is so easy because it's habitual and because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's like when I was talking about like existential dread, like I've I've really been focusing like this has been so present to me the past couple of days is like, why do I make the decisions that I make? Like reactions are different, but like calculated decisions, I am (laughs) choosing to do this right now. Why am I choosing to do that? Is it because I'm living into my redemption? I'm living into my salvation or is it because I'm holding on to what I used to be in that death? Mm-hmm. And and that's the struggle, right? And 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 so I think I need to stop focusing, for me personally, on the oh well, I'll finish well later. I'll finish well later. It's like well, no. If, if eventually later is going to be now, and then I'm not going to be where I want to be. And 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 and, and being where I want to be is not even necessarily about about me. It's like I want to be to other people, younger men and women what guys like Dallas Willard and J.R. Backer were to me. I never met them, but through their books, through their, you know, just through their impact on culture. And I'm not saying I want to be some famous author, right? But like, I want to have a similar impact on younger people when I'm their age, because I know what it's like to have somebody have that impact on you. And Man, if I keep pushing it off, I'm going to get there and I'm going to be really disappointed in myself. <laughs> and, and, and the other point, too, is like, if you take away the impact on other people, it's like, I also just want to be closer with God. And frankly, that should be enough to change somebody, right? And gosh darn our brains, Dave, for being addicted to habits and routines. (laughs) And, And that's the thing too, right? Is like, we could also take advantage of that. There's a, there's a study, um, that I've heard mentioned and I don't know the name of the study and I don't have the link. So this is going to be purely paraphrasing, but they studied people that prayed over a, a extended period of time. And if you spent, I think it was like, if you spent like 30 minutes praying for like three or four weeks, your brain scans change. Like it physically really. changed <laughs> the way your brain works. That's cool. But it just goes to show you that we are habitual 
in like beings, what mm-hmm. we do matters when we do it, how we like, that's why like smells will trigger memories or, you know, someone who drinks beer when they watch football. Oh, the, I don't even want a beer, but football's on. So I'm going to go get a beer or like I play a game called Hearthstone pretty much every day at lunch. Cause I work from home and I'm my, it, whether or not I have my daughter that day doesn't matter. Cause she's at the babysitter or at school. And so I sit down, I make my lunch, I flip my iPad open and I start playing Hearthstone. And then I don't even realize I'm doing it until I'm like halfway through a sandwich or a bowl of soup or whatever. I'm like, Oh gosh, I guess I'm playing this game again today. Cause that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm frankly an above average player. But guess what I could be instead of that? I could be closer with God because right. I read my Bible or what, you know, and like is that video. I don't know. I'm done. I, I just, I feel like if I don't shut up, I'm going to talk for another 20 minutes. But do you get what I'm trying to like? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's not like I literally, I don't remember a single word I just said for the last 10 minutes. So I, I'm, I apologize. Yeah. No, and that's you know, I, I I certainly do think life is is full of choices on many levels in terms of how we spend our time and how we use our time, and you know, we you talk about conscious sin and choosing sin and that sort of a thing, and I you know nothing inherently evil with playing video games, nothing inherently evil with m- much of the things that we do, but. Yeah, I, I just, and again, I, so yeah, it, 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 I, I hear what you're saying. And I think the, the, the second piece of that for me is like, and why is it not easier for me to choose God over those things? Like, why do I consistently, you know, the one for me is sleep and and not even sleep but being in bed like when i've you know i i've woken up 30 minutes before i have to get up and my choice i mean i could probably get up and function just fine you know i'm i'm that awake <laughs> but my whole is is i i'm gonna stay in bed i don't have to get a bed for another 30 minutes i'm gonna stay here i'm gonna close my eyes i'm gonna you know and why do i consistently i mean i mean and i think some of it is just habitual you know, it's, it, there's no real, like, like if I sit down and really analyze, why am I still in bed? Well, there's not a whole lot of benefit for me staying in bed, but, but if I choose to spend, so <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I could get up and pray, read my Bible, do, you know, do things to draw myself closer to God. And yet I consistently choose to lay in bed and be comfortable. Yeah. Well, there's nothing, honestly, there, I should say, there are a few things that make me more upset than when I wake up before my alarm. Oh, really? <laughs> it makes me so angry. Like, I had 12 more minutes! Come on! <laughs> I hate so, waking up to my alarm. Uh, well, I don't like, I mean, I don't like it either because it's jarring, but yeah. when I wake up like 12 or 15 minutes beforehand, I'm just like, well... Today's going to not be great because I'm starting the day off just angry. Like, no, I, I had more time. Oh man, that happened to me this morning too, but it wound up being a good day, Dave. Good. 
in part because we got to do this. Yeah. All right. Well, I honestly think this might be the episode where we talked the least about what we actually read. Like in I would, detail. I was thinking, but, <laughs> but I still think we talked about it. Yeah. We just, we, you know, usually we go like verse by verse through the, and I think this one is just, the concept is so strong that I think it, it gave us the freedom to, yeah, to extrapolate our conversation, you know, beyond uh, what was here. So that was a, a neat, a, a neat difference, I think. So yep. rock on any, um, any final thoughts? You know, just all these, all these stories are there. Like you said, Genesis through, uh, numbers, Deuteronomy. So, um, we live in a day and age where searching for these individuals and where they would be in the Bible is pretty easy. So, um, we definitely encourage people to do that, to, to, if you don't know who these folks are and why they're being listed to go back and read their story. And, um, the other thing too, is read your Bible from beginning to end. It creates a, uh, big picture that I just don't think you can ever get by not doing that at least once in your life, reading the Bible from beginning to end. Yeah, definitely agree. There's, there's a lot of really, really rich stuff in the old Testament that gets neglected mm-hmm. um, in the church. Yep. So yeah. Having, and, go ahead. Well, and, and just even in, in verse 26, uh, you know, I don't want to, again, this is talking about Moses considering the reproach of Christ. Mm-hmm. Moses didn't know who Christ was, did he? Nope. You know, and so it is, it's a complete story. It's not Old Testament, New Testament. It's the story of God and how he's interacted with us throughout history. So, yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of episode 195. His name is Dave. My name is Cam, and it's been a pleasure. And um, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your day to uh, listen to this episode. Um, I've said it before many times. I'll say it again. It still (laughs) blows our mind that people we've never met and may never meet choose to listen to this show. Um, That just... It's really cool, uh, to be honest. So uh, if you want to check out show notes, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 195, uh, or you can, um, if you're listening on you know phone or tablet or whatever in a podcast app, you can swipe around. The show notes will be there. And um, there's links there to get in touch if you want to say hi or ask a question or tell us why we were wrong. And then, um, well, that's frankly it. And it, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but my guess is uh, Merry Christmas or Happy New Year <laughs> are, are somewhere around here. So, uh, yay. And um, uh, that's that, Dave. Yep. Appreciate you listening. Farewell. Bye.